Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at Mars's upcoming square to the planet Pluto. Mars is in Libra, Pluto is in Capricorn. The square is happening as Mars has also crossed the south node of the moon, so it's a particularly dynamic Mars-Pluto experience that we are uh, uh, going through right now. Um, as a result, we want to take a look at some of the most dynamic themes that are probably coming up for people uh, as this uh, as this transit perfects. So that is our goal for today. Um, before we get into it, as always, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. It really helps the channel to grow. I love hearing from you guys too, so please make sure that you share your own thoughts and reflections on the transit um, in the comments section. If you want, you can find a transcript of today's talk on the website, nightlightastrology.com. I want to take you over there right now because as you guys know, we are approaching the start of my new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, which begins November 18th. So if you go over to the website, nightlightastrology.com, and uh, let's see, I'm having mouse issues today. Here we go. So go to the first year course and scroll down and you can learn more about the upcoming program. Again, it starts November 18th. It is all recorded and archived on a class website. So you can go at your own pace or if you want, you can attend the live classes. So it's kind of, uh, you know, for some people, we have people all over the world in different time zones who follow along with the recordings. We have a lot of people who attend the uh, live webinars. So you can choose either go at your own pace, attend live. Um, as the program goes on and we complete new units of curriculum, we also have breakout study sessions with tutors and we have a discussion forum where you can ask questions where we also have a staff of tutors uh, available for you. So it's a really um, well-structured program with a lot of support for people who want to go very deep, especially if you're pursuing you know, a professional path, you want to read charts for other people, uh, maybe even go full-time. Um, we have had many students who've come through the program who are now practicing astrologers, um, but also a lot of people who come through because this is your hobby. This is your passion. It's a bit like, you know, you, you like to play an instrument just because you're not going to be a professional doesn't mean that you don't enjoy a lifetime of, of playing guitar. That's something I've been doing a lot of lately. But uh, either way, the program is set up to meet you at the level of interest that you have. There is enough material outside of class with bonus um lectures and uh, reading assignments and quizzes and you know bonus videos and stuff like that that you can really go as deeply as you want to there's also an optional certification exam at the end of the year and then a lot of people just take the classes and they approach it a little bit more casually because their intention is a little bit more laid back so we kind of have designed the program to be as deep and immersive and intensive as you want it to be based on what you're hoping to get out of the program uh, but at any rate, if you have any questions about it, you can email us info at nightlightastrology.com and be sure at the bottom of the page to check out the enrollment options. Early bird saves you $500 off. There's a 12 month payment plan you can use to stretch the tuition out over 12 monthly installments. And we also have need-based tuition. So if you are someone who wants to take the program, but you can't push yourself outside of your means, we get it. We don't think that people should have to put themselves in harm's way financially to take a spiritually um, enriching program like ours. Uh, or we just think in general that astrology should be accessible for people financially. So if you want to study, you need a little help, you want to work within your budget and your means, we get it. Um, please use the tuition assistance, uh, apply for it. We'd be glad to, to work with you and uh, your situation. So, um, and again, any questions, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. All right. Now uh, let's go back to the aspect that is perfecting in the sky at the moment. 
my mouse is like um it's it's almost like my mouse has a cold or something it's like moving really slowly and i probably need to change the battery is what i'm guessing but anyway let me uh slowly get this situation here we go all right so we're looking at mars's square to pluto mars is in the sign of libra and is going to be uh squaring pluto over the weekend and so uh, I'm going to bring this up on the screen so that you can see it. Let me, there we go. And here we go. So you'll see there is the <laughs> my glacial pace with my mouse. I apologize. All right. So um, here we go. So here's Mars in Libra and it's just crossed the south node of the moon, uh, which we also talked about this week. Uh, now we're looking at the, the transit of Mars to Pluto, which is perfecting over the weekend. So uh, let me see if I can, um, I'm going to see if I can slowly advance this by a day. And you'll see that um, the square comes in between Sunday and Monday. So that's the Sunday, October 8th into Monday, October 9th. Um, so that square is powerful for a variety of reasons. One, we have an eclipse coming up in Libra on the 14th. Two, Mars has just crossed the south node of the moon. It's not in great dignity. And it's squaring Pluto, which can be uh, pretty volcanic. It has a, a very powerful way of showing up in our lives, especially if you have any planets at the late degrees of cardinal signs. That would be uh, Aries or Libra, Capricorn, or Cancer. Um, it, it, planets at late degrees of those signs right now are getting, um, you know, receiving the square or opposition or conjunction from Pluto. And then Mars is going to be activating it as well and maybe creating like a T-square in your chart or something. So it can be a pretty bit dynamic one, especially if you have planets at those late degrees. But I want to speak more broadly today about what you can expect thematically um, from Mars's square to Pluto. A lot of people get freaked out about this one. This is one of those combinations that I could easily add to my list of, you know, videos that I've been making on how to avoid astrological burnout. Don't be afraid of Pluto. Well, one you could add to the list would be don't be too afraid of Mars and Pluto getting together. Uh, although like there are certain combinations of planets that, you know, they have a reputation for being more um, dramatic than, than others. And this might be one of them, but I think that there are reasons to um, be excited and optimistic about this transit and the things that it can do for us um, positively. And again, if we're learning to live a life, a reflective lifestyle where we look at the planets as teachers, guides, as the kind of beauty of the cosmos unfolding in archetypal waves and patterns, if we move toward any astrological transit with that perspective, we tend to receive and experience the transit from um, a better place. We have an appreciating capacity in us for existence itself. And if we tap into it, it actually grows. Anytime that you appreciate reality for what it is on its own terms, it's as though your capacity to appreciate reality on its own terms expands. Um, and that's really what astrology is helping us with at the end of the day, in my humble opinion one of the things it's helping us with. Anyway, so here are five things that I want us to think about as the square comes through. Again, usually with my list, there's no, this isn't like in order of the, the most important or anything. The number one would be eruptions of Mars energy. Eruptive because 
often when you pair Mars with Pluto, you get that kind of um, the force of Mars coming up from a subterranean underworld unconscious kind of place in dreams or in moments of, you know, where there's powerful surges of energy where Mars shows up almost like, you know, there's been a kind of, um, you know, a, a pent up development below the surface where it's, it's not as easy to see what Pluto's doing in the unconscious and the, the things that are growing beneath the, the soil in the garden, you know, before they show themselves kind of a, a kind of a Plutonian image. Now, that does not mean that what is going to come up from the unconscious is automatically bad, evil, destructive, dark, chaotic, difficult. Um, most of the time, as we talked about when I spoke about people not being too afraid of Pluto recently, is that, um, you know, most of the time, those those things that come from the unconscious are here to help us grow and heal and um, and learn to live a more soulful life. So I really fundamentally think that all of the planetary combinations are trustworthy uh, in that sense. But when Mars comes up from the unconscious, that can sometimes what will happen is you'll find yourself suddenly angry or you'll find yourself suddenly acting very forceful or somehow entering into a situation that's confrontational or challenging or uh, frustrating. You know, this is Mars and Pluto sometimes is like suddenly I'm finding that I have a fever, like heat is a Mars quality. Or, um, you know, I get so angry while I'm chopping vegetables that I clip my finger a little bit, right? It has, there's something about um, Mars Pluto that has an edge to it, but that edge is somehow needing to show itself or express itself so that we can learn and grow. And it's almost just like a way of saying that something's about to blossom in the garden from beneath the soil. And it's a Mars flower. Mars flowers are no better or worse than any other. I remember earlier this summer, we had um, some landscapers helping us do some stuff with the community herbal medicine garden. And we have nettles, uh, which we use as medicine, uh, which we've harvested in the garden. And the guy was like, oh, you have stinging nettles. Do you want me to get rid of them? It's like, no, they're, they're a medicine. I mean, you got to be careful because they can sting, but it's a, it's a medicine when you, when you dry out the nettles and you boil them and you, know, you make a tea or like a, an infusion or something, uh, they don't sting anymore, you know? <laughs> so the same thing is there where Pluto has the capacity to turn a Mars flower into a Mars medicine. And that's a good image to keep in mind right now, because there's probably Mars flowers that are going to come up in the garden, especially over the weekend and into early next week. Number two is that there are karmic tipping points that come when Mars is in Libra in general, because we're talking about the sign of the balance and the scales of highly karmic sign that ushers us into the subterranean or underworld half, the dark half of the solar year from the standpoint of the zodiac's orientation uh, in the northern hemisphere. So um, that's a symbolic orientation. But still, the idea is that Libra is a place where opposites are balanced or alternated. And so the balancing of opposites or the alternation of opposites can show up as a kind of karmic tipping point where a pattern reaches an extreme and flips to the opposite or some extreme back and forth reaches a place of balance. For that reason, when Mars hits Pluto, which is also a highly transformative, purgative, healing, um, but also a planet that re represents like we said earlier, a kind of 
Mars blossoming from a subterranean or more unconscious space, this can act then as a much more um, like robust moment of karmic balancing or calibration. And we have to remember that on the 14th and 28th, we have eclipses coming up and the first one is in Libra. So a karmic tipping point would be another fair way of describing this time. Um, I think for the most part, these moments are things that we anticipate. And as they come up, even if it's like somewhat unexpected, it's not unexpected on another level because it's not like we have zero relationship with the unconscious. When things come up, we go, okay, okay. So I knew that this might come up at some point. Now it's coming up. And how am I going to uh, handle it? And that becomes uh, really important. So how are we going to handle a moment of karmic calibration that might be a little bit more intense or dynamic as it's being uh, brought up through the, the energy of Mars, but also a great time for action, action rooted in the desire to temper extremes or balance things or alternate between things that one extreme or one option to the other end of a spectrum. And it's a good time to take action rooted in an awareness of opposites that um, becomes more clear to us. Uh, crossroads and decisions. So Mars-Pluto can also represent, again, action and choice between two options. Uh, Mars in Libra, one of the reasons that we may consider it to be a somewhat challenging place when you place Mars in a Venus-ruled sign or Venus in a Mars-ruled sign. In ancient astrology, we sometimes call that a detriment or an exile planetary exile. And the idea there is just that it's not, Mars loves to make choices. You know, Venus likes to, you know, harmonize. <laughs> Let's take unlike things and make them uh, create complement, uh, complementarity. Is that the right word? Yeah. Make them complement one another. Mars has to choose between things. So this is a tough place because there's an urge to harmonize as well as a need to make a decision that could be coming up at the exact same time. And that kind of crossroad moment requires discernment or wise judgment. Do we have that on board? Have we cultivated that? This moment may test us in some regard um, to, to make the best choice available to us. Uh, and it may not be an easy one, but uh, it's a kind of crossroad moment with decisions, judgment, and discernment required. Number four would be diplomatic crises. Suddenly, the force of necessity, the force of fate, which is often the way we describe Pluto, is this kind of like feeling of the inescapable, um, the inescapable weight of something that's come up that we have to deal with or confront. And it's not easy, but it's somehow required. There's a very, it's like the soul has to enter the underworld before it's reborn. It has to descend that stairwell and come back up. And for some people, and obviously that's sort of harrowing. And for some people, they'll really freak out and, and actually project something onto that, like evil or dark or bad or malicious or something. But when things come up and it's sort of unavoidable, in this sense, with Mars and Libra, it could be that what's coming up is some kind of diplomatic crisis. You have differing views, different values, different judgments. Uh, different needs or wants, different um, stories. And somehow they're meeting each other in an in inescapable moment of fate. You have to um, work things out. And that's not easy where the wills may be crossed in some way. But this moment provides us with an opportunity for healing and transformation insofar as we're able to meet a diplomatic crisis 
and work through it with, with heart and soul. Um, number five would be a, again, Plutonian uh, quarter jar word, transformation through careful planning and structured actions. Remember that we have two signs of Saturn here. We have Capricorn, which is the domicile of Saturn, and then we have Libra, which is the exaltation of Saturn. Mars in an air sign that reveres Saturn and Pluto in an earth sign that reveres Saturn may be about the idea that we need to we need to create a different plan or a different structure or there's a plan that needs to be executed based on a revision of the best form or the best plan or the best strategy or it's like an architect mapping something out in a in a moment of transformational urgency and having to alter course and make choices that are rooted in um the ideal image like what is the best structure or uh architecture of how to handle something that's coming up uh, and needs to be addressed. So I could see this also as a moment of like a sort of strategic flashpoint. It's, it's like, I have to, a different course of action is called for based on a different form or structure. Um, so something like that. I'm not sure I articulated that one so well, but I hope you get the idea. So those to me are the five things to watch for, uh, given this powerful um, combination. It really is quite a powerful one. I would say amplified again by the fact that Mars has crossed the south node, gives it a little bit of that feeling of something crystallizing. Maybe it's there's a long history behind what's, what's coming up right now. Um, and there's also an intimation of this change carrying over into the solar eclipse on the 14th. So formidable, right? <laughs> so anyway, that's what I've got for today. I hope that you enjoyed this. I'm sorry about my mouse being sort of lethargic, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure I'll figure out what's wrong with it and it should be fine again soon. And um, uh, the other thing that we're um, going to be doing is in probably next week at this point, we'll be looking at the upcoming eclipses and trying to really dig into what you can expect around that as well, because I know people will hear this and then have questions about the eclipses. So just know we'll be co covering that next week. All right, that's it for today. I hope you guys are having a good one. Take it easy. Bye.